<laughs> I should have saw that coming. <laughs> All right, let's start. Yeah, let's, go, let's backtrack. We'll go ahead and start with the Pistons. Welcome everybody to the Players Channel, the Players Channel podcast. I don't. Know, I got that wrong. <laughs> it's your podcast, man. You 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 do the intro. It's your podcast. Oh, dang! I didn't really think we had an official intro. We usually <laughs> just hop into it. Um, good morning, everyone. <laughs> It's the PCP to Player Shadow Podcast. We are coming to you live this time. Um, this is real time recording um, this Saturday. And we're in the Discord this, this time around. We're trying something new. I'm trying to run this podcast out of the Discord for the next year and upcoming years. Um, to try to enforce more community engagement between us and you guys. So there's going to be times where we'll have the stage channel open and people can come in and listen in, raise their hand, uh, tap in with us. We're going to do some stuff on Twitter. And it's easier to just talk to you guys here. So this is the first time doing this. You know, we keep trying to do stuff throughout the year. We're coming up on to year one, um, coming this February. But we're also coming up on the All-Star deadline. So I got my good buddy, local fat man, Scorp, here to help me break down what the hell is going on with the Pistons? You know we're going to talk Chicago because we always do. We can't have a segment of score without talking about Chicago. Hey man, I live and die by my squad. <laughs> but, but, hey, well, better to analyze and be fair about it than somebody who understands that. Hey, hey, when it comes down to it, it's we got. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be a fan of a team, you gotta know how to critique your team as well too. You gotta criticize your team as much as you gotta support your squad because you gotta know where your shortcomings are. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to hold people accountable. You can't be one of those fans that are on Twitter yelling about Steph versus LeBron, but you're supposed to be talking about Golden State. Oh, no, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's the fault. It's the refs fault. We lost. No, I was like, no, you can't be a fan like that. You can't call yourself a fan if the only thing you blame is the refs. Got an acronym for that. Called... That's what I'm saying. It's like, never gonna work out like that. Never gonna work out. It's like, like we got an acronym for that. It's called Fats. I mean, it's fuck all that shit. <laughs> 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 God, that shit fast. I never heard that one. Hey, bro, it's, it's been a pretty long season. Uncle Live, we're already oh, plus games in. I I haven't even peeped. I feel like I haven't watched uh, any games still this year. Every year I tell myself I'm gonna watch. I heard games, that. I never do. I heard that. Um. All right. So, as we were talking about, though, we're gonna start off with the disastrous case of the Pistons here, and we're gonna move on to Chicago. Oh, the Jekyll and Hyde of Chicago. And what I mean by that is how are we playing that much better without Levine than we are with Levine? And what can we do to try to trend in a better direction and uh, along with our uh, to improve our shortcomings? And then, of course, the trade deadline. Granted, it's not until February, but it's never too early to speculate and see what we can do with all that. Not just with the two teams that we have mentioned here today, but what we can do moving forward. Uh, with every team in the league of those who who we feel that would need trades um, to try to up their chances and who it is that we could see them trading out, who we could see certain teams getting, like, say, the Lakers are currently uh, eyeing Keegan Murray of the Kings. Um, Of the last reports I've read, but there's a couple more we can do in that. Um, But there's a lot of room yeah. for everything here. But we're going to go ahead and start with the disastrous case to the Pistons. Here's where it starts with me. It starts at coaching. 
Monty Williams the Monty Monty Williams does not have that locker room at all in any sense of the word. Anybody who believes otherwise is clearly have not seen the Pistons play. I, I, I'm one of those people who can honestly say I haven't watched too many Pistons games. But here's the deal with it. If you do not, as a head coach, and you do not have the attention of the locker room, that you get on losing streaks like this, whether it be an NBA record 28 or even five straight, especially starting early in the season. That's how I see it. That's where it starts for me. Um, I, I, and that's how it should be. It should start from the top. Um, it's definitely start. You know, we can't blame the players first because they're all just executing the plan that you're giving them. At the end of the professionals, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just the coach's job to set them up for success. Same thing in any other industry. Um, when I was at Starbucks, you can't blame me, the barista first, yo. Blame you know. Talk to the shift manager or something, you know. Then come to me. I'm I'm last resort. I don't exactly. know. I, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. I just work here. Yeah. Um, they had they started off good though. Right? Yeah, they, they were two and one to start the season, and then it's just been yeah. downhill since then. And I've looked at some of them. It's like the teams that should blow them out, blow them out. The times where they you look at the matchup at face value, like they can win this, they lose by like trailblazers looking at you. So what is it like? Like, <laughs> is it like I said? I haven't watched much, and I just hit up Driz, um, my good my good guy Driz, to see if he's up and available to hop in here with us anytime during this, because he's a he's a Pistons fan. He's up in Detroit, so it'd be great to actually have him come in for this little part of it, because he watches Pistons games way more than oh, I was do some bars. But I I want to know what it is. Is it like? Yo, we're good. Yeah, I, I want to get him in here too. I, I keep forgetting to, to to hit him up. We don't talk as much as we used to. We um, he plays two K yeah. with me a lot. Um, the only is it like they start off hot? Is it like how it was with that overtime game? Like, do they start off hot and just no? Off? Not from what I'm seeing here. It, it's, or... it's not consistent all the way through. While granted, they're uh, ranking amongst the top of the league in pace, um, but. They're ranking towards. Is it an injury? Could thing? very well be. Uh, looking at, um, just sitting here looking at the roster and everything like that. Monty you... Morris is out with quads injuries. Isaiah Stewart. Well, no, it can't be injuries because it's only Isaiah Stewart out with his toe and Monty Morris out with his quads. Well, it might be Isaiah Stewart right now, but Duran was out like for a couple. I mean, like staggering injuries, like. This guy's out for a little bit, and then when he comes back, someone else goes out like like that. Because I know Durant was out for a little bit now. Yeah, Stewart's out for a little um, bit. Bogdanovich was out for a little bit. It looks like it seems like that that makes the rotation. Yeah, Bogdanovich. And then even yeah. in the beginning of the season, Bogdanovich out for oh yeah he was, and that's mm-hmm. not the big time for him. He, he's on, really best spacer. Beginning of the season, Bogdanovich is really yeah, yeah. He, he does he does great. Beginning of the season, though, they were fighting for minutes with from the front court. That's how Durant ended up with the the starting spot. And I remember because in my fantasy draft, I was thinking about it. And I was like, "Dang, who do I who do I draft? Do I draft Durant or do I draft Wiseman?" That chose wrong, and I drafted Wiseman. He didn't end up playing for like the first like 
who knows how long. And Durant was getting like 15 boards a game, and I was like, oh my goodness. One player wrong. But now Wiseman's getting minutes, he's playing good. It's like, you kind of can't figure out what, what your team is good for. Like, when you have people fighting for rotations the entire season, you don't have no, a solid rotation. I don't know where to plug in and play because I don't know what these guys can necessarily no, do. Right and, uh, and that's the other thing, too. Uh, 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 through the first 15 games of the regular season and throughout the preseason, I can understand that philosophy of fighting for a position of being able to play as a starter and being as a coach, being able to analyze that. But within that first, after that first 15 games, you should have that stuff a little bit more solidified. Right. And that's what's also what's leading to them. Um, turning the ball over a lot, not producing steals, no communication on defense. There's not enough consistent communication because you're not being consistent with your starting lineups and your minute rotations. <laughs> and when, mm-hmm. when you bring that stuff up, you don't have that right. sort of line of communication going all the way through. Now, obviously, foul trouble and everything like that can get everything confused if that was the case, but hey, that's going to happen. But it, it shouldn't happen as often as it's happening, especially with Detroit. Sorry about that. I had to cough. I definitely feel that. Um, as as far as we know, we know that Cage should be in that starting lineup. Oh, we know Durant question. should be there. I know um, as far as, you know, just the makeup of the team goes, I'd say Ivy can be there just just for the makeup of the team, exactly. though, for development reasons. Just have Ivy there, um, Bogdanovich, and then it comes to that fifth player. So, like you, are, you were mentioning to me before we started this recording, it was you said this should be Durant at the four yeah, and put Wiseman Durant at the, at the five. Four, uh, I have at the three, oh. Durant at the four, Wiseman at the five. The reason for Wiseman at the five is that he's not only he's going to pretty Wiseman can space the floor. And now, mind you, this is considering Stewart being injured. All right, but Wiseman can space the floor very, very well. Um, he's actually a pretty underrated shooter, in my opinion. He doesn't get very many touches, so he can't really show you that. And even when he was with Golden State, he didn't get that many touches. Because, yeah, because look how many people he had to feed. Um, He was basically there for rebounding purposes. And that's the thing. Wiseman can rebound. He can give you a nightly double-double with relative, a a, a nightly double-double with points and boards alone. And right, but the rest of the yeah, game, but Kate Cunningham could be a walking triple double. The man's threatened to do it, I don't know how many times this season, just hasn't done it yet. Um, hey, it's hard to get a exactly. that much. I agree with <laughs> uh, we can all agree on that one, but the other thing, too, is that I've noticed is that they also turn the ball over at the worst times. Every game, and it's always whenever it's close. So what do we? So what are we making it up to? Is it just age at this point? Because I guess this whole time we've been trying to figure out what's been wrong. Like why are they what two and twenty eight yeah. or something like yeah, that? Two like, and twenty nine with twenty eight like, straight losses. It starts off with coaching. It goes without question. 
At this point, if they can't figure it out, there's no way there's no, no. way they're gonna be able to figure it out. They won't even sniff a play in spot. So what are some things that's going right with them? Obviously, Kate is doing things right, but but that aside, what what are some things that's going right with them? I do like how they are trying this, you know, Stuart Duran thing. Um, me personally, I would go Bagley Duran. <laughs> Had a little bit more size. Well, I don't know how good or bad Bagley's been doing, but I would I would do Bagley Duran, and I think that's probably what they had it at like last year, something similar well, to that. Or it was like bad. Aside from being sixth place in the league in pace, at least according to these team stats, they really aren't thing per se. It's like they're 29th in the league in steals. They're tied for 29th in the league in turnovers at almost 60. You can't have way down to 28. <laughs> all the way down to 26. The bottom of the league of just about everything with the exception of Rebounds and free throw percentage, and even then, those are about middle of the pack. 15th tied for 18th on rebounds, 15th for free throws, ninth, uh, ninth place for offensive boards, which is fantastic. But it's not translating into points. That That's where my biggest problem is with their offensive rebounding, is that it's not translating into points. Um, three, right. they're three pointers. They're they only make like ten per game. That's twenty ninth in the league. It's twenty eighth in the league in three point percentage in percentage at that I should say at thirty three point four percent. Their field goal percentage they're at forty six point five, which is tied for twenty second in the league. I'm sitting here looking, uh, and mind you, I'm just looking at it from standpoint because I haven't caught too many games, so I can't say one thing. Is there something going wrong? But so at, at the end of the day, to me, it, it it's it falls on coaching. You can't sit there and call yourself. No, and I will be the last person to say that I'm a Pistons fan because I'm not a Pistons fan. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys, but Monty Williams is not fit to be a head coach, at least for this very team. He couldn't even coach the Suns last season. Monty Williams was the head coach for the Suns last season. That was with Booker, with Durant, with CP3, with DeAndre Ayton. And he could you ain't Yeah, right. and he you couldn't get it done. That. What makes anybody think he was going to... Yeah, I don't know what made Pistons ownership and front office think that Monty Williams was going to get good fit. And and give him the highest paid contract for a head coach, even higher than Popovich. It's an insult. Yeah, yeah, they bugging on that. They definitely bugging on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they tweaking on that one, dog. Let's see if I can turn you up. So my airport's just disconnected. And I have to charge So I'm like, I got to put this oh, into yeah, my yeah. ear now. But that's how I, that's where I see it. It's the fact that you have that much money going into a head coach who can't produce the results. Hold on one second. Go ahead. Go ready. But shoot, uh, why, why you get to that? But I mean, oh man, 
Yeah, I, I definitely got to get um, our boy Driz up here so we can have a therapy session for these Detroit <laughs> fans, man, because this is ridiculous. New new record for most losses straight in a season. Like, that's 17. That's uh, not 17. That's seven win Bobcats team from years ago. That, like, <laughs> they need to lose. Come on, bro. Granted, that I don't think that season finished out, but still, bro, like, I don't know, man. The league is different, man. When I was growing up, the Kings were buttons. It seemed like the Kings were never going to be good. Now the Kings are here, and I don't really actually were the Pistons. I forget a, during my that was a trade that didn't make sense to me on paper, but it worked out very well. And that was when uh, they got the Montez opponents for giving up the trade rights to uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, one of the- right. Yeah, which. Which seems insane, thinking that you could have had Fox and Halley like that. Oh, uh-huh. goodness. I don't, but, think uh, no, same, I don't think it would have, because who did the Kings really have for bigs at the time? They needed some bonus. Facts. Slight shout-out to Fox, who uh, put a 30 this season. <laughs> like, uh, quiet 30. People people not looking at mm-hmm. that. Quiet 30 for, for D-Fox. But the Pistons, man, I don't know. Maybe it's just age. I maybe it's it, the coaching, maybe it's the it, players that they have, and they have their. their st- I think it's, I think it's a clash okay. of styles for how Monty Williams wants the game to be played versus how the players can play the game. That's that's fair too, because when you got CP three book and and eight in that team that they went to the finals with, with Bridges and Cam Johnson, when you got you know better skilled players for for that matter, then yeah, you can get more out mm-hmm. of them. So I think it's a matter of how the players can play versus but how you, the coach wants to play. I, I think the clash of mindset, it, it doesn't it's not doing anything. So here's how I see it. Pistons are gonna keep Cunningham. There's no way around that. But they're gonna go heavy in the trade market in the draft over the next couple of years because I don't see them firing Monty Williams as much as they should. They don't they're not gonna fire him. They don't want to absorb that money. That's how cheap the front office and ownership is for the Pistons. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but also, that being said, now that I think about it, I think ownership also has a, re- has a way to play in this as well, has a role to play in this as well. Because ownership seems to be very hands-on in their approach, a little bit too hands-on. Look at the best teams in any league. The owners let the front office do their thing. Yeah. Typically, that is the case. Prime example for that, and, and I have to make a football reference into this because I'm more of a football fan than I am a basketball fan. Um, okay, here's my biggest thing on this one. Um, you got owners who are cheap. I'm going to use, as a Bears fan, I'm going to use the McCaskey family as prime example as that one. They are very cheap. They do not like to spend money. They will avoid it at all costs. That's why you see a lot of top-tier players in the NFL, they don't want to go to Chicago because they know they're going to get more money elsewhere. Okay, Um, Or you can look at, but took a look at the Patriots organization, uh, not the Patriots. Actually, I don't want to use the Patriots in this case. 
Look at the uh, Chiefs organization with their recent success. Their ownership group, they're, I don't want to say they're virtually non-existent, because you'll see them there, but they won't say much. They won't say much. They won't do much. They're not going to pry into the affairs of what the teams do. Um, they're going. They let the front office handle mm-hmm. everything. They let the football minds handle the football. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Um, sort of. Yeah. Basically, he's uh, the owner is there to open up the checkbooks, bring in who needs to be brought in, keep everything under the luxury tax and all that stuff that they can, as much as they can. And make sure that their biggest prizes are the ones that are getting paid, like Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's yeah, too. And and they won't spend as much money elsewhere. Now, mind you, you also got to keep in mind with the threshold of like approximately two hundred and fifteen million, and you got to spread that amongst. Uh, 52, uh, 52 players on an NFL team. That's starters, bench, all that. Which is crazy to me to think that you can be like second string on a position and never have to play and mm-hmm. get all that money. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in the NBA, you got what the look, the uh, salary cap and the, the hard cap in the NBA is approximately what two hundred and twenty-five, and yet the owners yeah. have so much say of who they spend their money on. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of these players, some of them do really deserve that money, but let's be honest, some of them don't deserve that money. Um, with that's the yeah. same with anything. Some people take draft spots for business from other people who would hate it a moment. And and the biggest thing is that the Pistons ownership, at least from my understanding, is being really meddlesome lately over personnel decisions. And that's not a good thing. Oh, okay. I think okay. I'm I'm wrapping it. I'm wrapping it in my head around this now. So basically, yeah, they're, they're, they're just too involved. involved. Yeah, they're getting too involved, good. and they're not letting the basketball minds handle the basketball stuff. Yeah, if you're gonna hire someone for a position, you gotta let them do it. If you're gonna do it yourself, then mm-hmm. don't, don't hire, hire the position. The GMs. Just take the position for yourself in that case. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, they're not letting the much. GM, they're not letting the basketball minds do the basketball things. Mm-hmm. And at that case, mm-hmm. they just waste their time. Well, they piss them, man. Honestly, but my take on it, my take on it, because we still have it, like, we'd even get around to um, Asar and his defensive play, or his defensive mm-hmm. ad- addition to it. Like, yeah, he doesn't produce a bunch of offense. But do they kind of need it? Yeah, sure, I guess it would be nice, but they can just keep going full over Caden Ivy for that. I think Asar does great for them defensively, and he was a perfect player oh, for them to draft. Um, and moving forward, I, they, they need to keep going forward with that, like, get to the basket focus, like, play inside out. They're not really a team that can play outside in or try to play a little bit of both, depending on what they got. They really just need to hold in. No, that, they need that, that paint focus. Yeah, until they need they to get... do what uh, they basically need. How do, how would I compare this? Stan Van Gundy. Remember how he coached the Magic? 
when Dwight Howard was no nah, man, I a week to magic when Dwight Howard was there was basically we're gonna let Dwight Howard from the paint in the first half half we're gonna really expand the floor second when they yeah, Joe Turkaloo, um Jameer Olson hitting bees and everything like that. Uh, just examples obviously. Um Sean, I believe that is funky ass looking. I'm a shooter for my jumper. Looking like a duck. Mm. Um do, do, do you... No, it wasn't Sean Marion's uh... damn it, I can't think of his name. Rashid Wallace? Rashid Wallace, that's what it is. Oh, yes, yes. Um, but he had a lot of players who could sit the floor, but Dwight Howard was dominating in the paint. Uh, when he was imagine. Yeah, playing inside mm-hmm. in, man. They got to force the petition in there and kick out. Exactly. And they have they have Kate to do that. Kate's a killer in the mid-range. Kate is a killer to drive. Um, with Kate being hurt last year, Ivy got a lot of got a lot more touches. I, I think he's really good, again, on the drive, but both of them are not Actually, I don't know how Kate is shooting this year, but I know Ivy isn't the best shooter from outside right. the perimeter. So they could they could just drive, so, kick, and feed the post and work out of that. At least they can have something to like, like I said, hone in on and give them something to go for instead of spreading just those things. Exactly, and that's what's happening. Trying to overcompensate for something that they're not ever going to be real good at. Like, uh, what's the team that we that we used earlier for the example for um, that? Um, oh, yeah. The next team we're going to talk yeah. about the Bulls. Trying to compensate for your weaknesses and make yourself basically below average in everything instead of just focusing on what exactly. you are good at and try to just exactly. work off of and that. And here's exactly, I think, and here's the proposition. Trade. That's your proposition. You're going to make a trade with the Thunder. I believe he's still with the Thunder. You need to find a way um get them one of your big men. Wiseman is probably going to be doing out with this one. Because um, he'd be a great backup for all things considered. And make it a player-for-player player trade. Wiseman for... Move Ivy... Uh, Move Ivy over to the three. Slide Dort into the two. And you're gonna, not only are you going to improve... Yeah. All right, you, you will keep, I will keep that as is. I would keep that as is. Just leave Dora yeah, at three. I, I was. But I think that's what they run him over yeah, on the KCA. And anyway. I honestly think his six foot frame really doesn't fit well. With me. But well, that's just me. If you want small ball, I understand that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm weird like that. Um. By the way, there's two things are going One, Dork can space floor. He's not not a terrible offensive player. People think he's a bad offensive player. He's not. He's really not. Um, no, he proved this wrong with that, that already. <laughs> he definitely proved exactly. this wrong with that already. And you improve defensively. You get two. You get two positives and one. Now, what? Now you're probably asking yourself, what did the Thunder get us with Wiseman? Thunder with a great backup to check, or they can slide him at four if they really to be dangerous and run too big. And. And really have a a couple of lob throws 
that's a haven time that can pull space floor. Yeah, you're right. And they'll give them some size because I, I think they got a couple small mm-hmm. guys over there. They got like Jalen Williams, yeah. that's like six eight, and another one that's like six five, and you got Isaiah Joe on the bench. So they they are lacking some some size out like, of um, yeah, out of Poku. And they have size yeah. in the front court. Um, yeah, and for it, I don't know why I had to sit No, wait. That, I got my terminology right. That wouldn't right? be a bad move at all. I think I got my terminology right. Ah, oh, dear God. My brain's not 100%. Yeah, front you court, I'm sitting there like the big. That's yeah, the bigs the front court? Um, yeah, the front court. The front court is the four yeah, and five. I thought. I don't know why my brain turned out for like two seconds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that maybe like that. <laughs> that right there would be the start of what would at least turn Detroit into a more respectable team from a fan standpoint. Because if you're an NBA, player, you, yeah, it'll, it'll 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 the if you're an NBA player, you're a professional, and you don't respect your opponent, that's a problem. You're gonna uh, get your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can second that because I feel like um Detroit is in that in that stage that a lot of teams um that go through rebuilds you know hit they hit a point where they just keep overloading and overloading on a certain position. I don't know if you've ever had a feeling where like you've watched the team draft like four years in a row, and each of those four years they grab a guard, and I'm like, why did they grab four shooting guards four years straight? It's because I guess they're trying to plug and play and find out what did they actually need. But then they, like, I think the Magic were at this point because now they have a lot of forwards, but they were at a point where the Magic had too many guards. And I was like, at some point, some people exactly. going to get up out of here. They're going to find out what they need and the rest going to get up out of here. They're going to get them out. The Pistons are at that point where they have all these power forwards and centers. And just like in the beginning of the season where they were trying to figure out who's going to earn these minutes, they need to, to hit that point where they need to figure out who's going to earn these yeah. rosters. The look at them. Because you got you got all these players that are quote unquote washed, like these busts. Like I'm not gonna, I don't call them busts, but in a kid's term, they would be mm-hmm. busts. You know, Bagley second round pick, wisely, uh, wisely second round pick. All these players that could like what ifs. All right, we need to find out who is that what if, and then move everyone else. You can't have bad. You can't be trying to experiment with five different bigs at the same time. It's if that experiment exactly. phase is over, you exactly. need to come up out of it. And and uh, exactly. round out your roster. And you're actually going to find some identity. Come up out of and word of advice, Yeah, exactly. They need to find. It's time for them and, to find and, their identity. And, and word of advice: Who to any who thinks they can play against the twelfth on the bench in the NBA squad? No, no, you can't. And, and a word of advice: Because this just kind of popped in my head with this. Said the idea of respect. Uh, of respect opponent and everything like that. I want you uh, uh, don't sit there and challenge a twin on the NBA bench, and you're some random person who plays like uh, whoever ever plays on like the concrete outside and everything like that, or at, at the uh, um, rec centers or anything like the rec court center courts and everything like that. That both man on the bench in the NBA is still a what about professional him? NBA player. There, you are not. You're not going to beat them. That's <laughs> simple. Like. The, I'm, and uh, and the and the prime exec can use on this one. No. And look at those players as like basically 
as cheerleaders. I'm just Brian Scalabrini as prime example. Everybody knew him and made the name for him as the White Mamba. Um, I'm kidding. That's a real thing. You're gonna have to, um, <laughs> oh, no. I know about that one. I'm not yep, prepared for that. And he was a tw- for a while there uh, when he was in Boston and when he was with Chicago was uh, towards the end of the mission and everything like that. And Pete ch- tried to challenge him. People were playing at the Rick Regners and everything like that. That aren't league or even in a G league or some developmental league. Just sit there and try to challenge him. Claim they were better than he was. He wiped the floor with them. Mm-hmm. Eleven uh, and and he mm-hmm. like he those half court games to eleven wins. Eleven nothing. Damn, damn eleven zip. <laughs> That's probably why people get so mad about um, like since we met, since you mentioned um uh, chatting that little trade thing that little trade talk we had a couple minutes ago. That's probably why people get so mad about second second year rookies, is because even though you didn't play an NBA game, you still had a whole year to to trade and and grow with a, a NBA team using NBA facilities and their resources, versus the actual rookie that just came yeah. out of college. Or, you know, well, yeah, for the most part, college that doesn't have that experience or resources or even that extra year to just to grow their into their body and mature. Like, I can see why people get mad at second year rookies, even though technically, they, to, to my defense and my argument, they haven't played it. That's why I say this. That's but why I, I see why that Because I'm a rookie, which is why rookie of the year contest is also between Wembenyana and uh, Wembenyama. <laughs> I'm gonna freaking say his name right now these days. Wembenyama and Holt. It's ultimately come down to them. But I, did you just call him Wembenyama? Did you just call him Wembenyama? I'm gonna get it right eventually. Okay. <laughs> Wembenyama. Oh, that, that's we, funny. <laughs> Victor Wembenyama. <laughs> just call it. <laughs> It's called a Wimby, bro. It's gonna come. To, it's gonna it's come down to win Holgrim at the end of the day. But there, and I've said it in your Discord for uh, of rookies who should some consideration if it's only going to be minor concession. Lively of the Mavericks as player soon that comes to my my mind. Um, even though to to add to that, the Heat Heat for the prime exactly. That boy mm-hmm. Heimann. See, and, and in the beginning of the year, and I don't think we got this on recording. And this is another reason why coming into 2024, I'm going to get more uh, like random sporadic recordings where we just have anything to talk about. Because the beginning of the year, I think we were just talking about it um, off the mic, but we were talking about rookies and we already called it. We told, we knew it was going to be Chet, Wimby. We talked about um, the Thompson brothers. I specifically gave note for the Pistons when Asar was playing great defensively. And then, of course, as a Heat fan, I checked into it. And I just feel like sometimes you can just look at players and just know they're going to be good. Like, for example, Booker was a high lottery pick. But I just saw him come in and I just knew he was going to be a dog. I feel like the same thing with Jaime. And then um, for you, with Lively, you called it. You called it before the draft even happened that Lively was going to be yeah, nice it's like, like if that. there's a team so actually you probably got that on recording you actually you actually got that on recording mm-hmm. the lively part 
because we we did that way back in the Martin yeah. Magnus segment. But all the other ones that like I feel like I, I just be calling on the money. I don't get those on recording, and it pisses me off because I'd be like, man, if I had a tweet that I could like pin right now and, <laughs> and show people that I called this on draft night, but I don't because I didn't exactly. record it. We'll, <laughs> it would be, yeah, it'd be like and that. And we'll underappreciate the value of rebounding under a team until a team really needs rebound. But like I said, the, the Mavericks really need to turn around and got Lively. Well, Lively wasn't the starter per se, but he's producing fantastic. Minutes rate rebounding as soon as he sees it. And he asked for defense. They're not even just, you know, on the rebound, just the defense, the defensive rating in general, just has mm-hmm. gone up a lot from his addition this exactly. year, first year. Uh, it's like just because a player's playing in the G League as opposed to college, shoot, don't sit there and overlook the college ranks still. You can't do that. No, you can't. Right. So, yeah, we're going to have to get back to these uh, these young players. But uh, let's, let's go ahead and shift yeah. over to the Bulls, man. We, we've been talking about the Pistons for a minute. We'll get back to the Pistons another time when we have exactly. like, drills or something um, in here. Can we get into that? The best. Yeah. But the Bulls, no, though. Oh, the, Lord. The, the Bulls, the Bulls I have to say, tough. are the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the NBA. Now, for any, to anybody who's never heard, I have to preface this with the tale of Jekyll and Hyde. And my reason being is, that for those who have never heard of that, because there's a lot of people out there nowadays who've never heard of that, of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde basically two different personalities came from an experiment kind of like the best uh, more better comparison would then be like hulk and banner from the mcu that's one way to look at it but um of like two different personalities and two different styles but it's one person playing on both playing two different sides kind of thing does that make sense um yeah Levine goes down. Levine goes down with injury. Okay, players go down with injury all the time. You would think the Bulls would be on the same trajectory as the Pistons, losing a lot. Considering that they're already yeah, and looking where most of the money is going to concern, as far as players are concerned, you expect more out of Levine. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I do, but 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 before you even get into, it, I want I want to say like, yeah, like before we even get into it, like the an expectation of what's happening, like actually no, I kind of want to let you finish now, but since I already went into it, it's, we already knew that the the at least our biggest problem with the Bulls was you have to move Levine or DeRozan or both of them, but we both but we already said that having them both out there exactly. is not doing both... because you're getting. Too yeah, and too little. And the thing is, you're not getting a lot of spacing with both of them out there on the floor. They're both more mid-range experts, while Levine does play, uh, and both mid-range. They're inside the arc players. Let's let's be real. They're inside the arc players who can hit an occasional three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They they don't they don't play like three first. They definitely exactly. Don't and, and you know what? I'm happy for that because they're you can you can tell that they're both still excellent. NBA players without having to rely on the three in order to be excellent. Clay Thompson. <laughs> um, 
I won't say Curry because at least Curry knows how to pass the ball. Um, <laughs> I'll get heat for that later, but I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to come and bite you back in the ass after we blow up. I don't care. <laughs> I said what I said. I stick by it. Warriors fans can do it. Warriors fans can do it. Yeah, I, like, I said what sure. I said. But back to, but, but it, but, yeah, back to yeah, the point. I you, yeah. I, I do you, though. With Levine gone, I feel like like the same thing with the Pistons, where like you, like we were saying, it's time for them to find an identity. Same thing with the Bulls. When you have Levine, DeRozan, and Vujovic, those three players can do so much. And without Lonzo being the glue, like that facilitation that he gives to be the glue to fit all those pieces together, you don't have an identity. You don't have a strong point. Like over the offseason, they tried to fill in gaps on their playmaking and their defense. Well, here's the thing with the playmaking, they. In, in, in they average now. Yeah, and here's the thing with the playmaking. I have to throw this out there. Kobe White has stepped in nicely. He's not as great of a playmaker as Lonzo Ball, but Kobe White, now that he's actually getting more real playing time and more experience under his belt, he's emerging to be a what could be uh, what's the best comparison I can give to Kobe White? Uh, I don't want to say Chris Paul because Chris Paul is definitely more of a pass first point guard. Um but Kobe White is much uh, can shoot the ball, he's a great facilitator, he's just not that great of a defender. Um yet, he's still working on that. And anybody who yeah. says they don't practice their craft outside of their craft is out of their mind. Um is out of it because um it was like, look at Jokic. Jokic, we, we all know him. He does. He he go. He plays ball. He collects his paycheck and he goes home like a regular freaking person because he treats it as a job. But you cannot tell me during the offseason he does not do some kind of training. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Part of his job. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't, see how people, I don't see how people can say that. Well, he treats basketball like it's a the nine to five. Oh, he actually put in work in the off season. Is it that? Part yeah, of that's his job. Yeah, that he that, that's how he treats it. He treats it as his job, which is why I think he doesn't like it as much as oh, uh, like it. And then you also had Draymond Green. And that, that's going to be a he's going to be a topic for another podcast. Holy shit! Um, yeah, Excellent on that one. We'll yeah, uh, and another podcast. Um, ooh, cool. I'll have to see when these coupons expire. I'm gonna use them by then. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, you get it. You get it. You get it. Um, no, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, the thing is with the the thing is is that Levine is an athlete. He is a two guard. Uh, he is a two and a three. If they actually line both him and DeRozan up at the two and three respectively, with DeRozan being at the three, Levine being at the two, you can keep Kobe in at the one, let Caruso come in off the bench between the one and the two, uh, slide Vucevic over to the floor because his play style really is more power forward-esque than center-esque, and insert Dram- uh, Drummond, who I really do believe really needs some consideration as probably the best rebounder in the league currently. Currently. 
Sorry, nobody's ever going to be a better rebounder than freaking okay. Dennis Rodman. Um, I'll, 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 um, I'll take another one. I'll, I'll, um, I'll get to that in a bit as well. As, um, about the real German being the best rebounder. So far, I can um, say I agree. Um, moving Vujovic over to the four and German to the five. Just like I said, like when you when you establish your strengths and weaknesses as a team, like making a move like that to me is like okay. We feel we have. We know that putting a, a smaller like forward, like wing at the four, doesn't really help us because Vujovic isn't that much athletic or speedy of a player. So putting a wing down there doesn't really help him out. So you might as well just double down and give us two big players and slow it down, which also, again, would help DeRozan, someone that works, you know, inside the arc at a, a slower pace. Not necessarily slower pace, but someone that, that makes good, like, reasonable decisions. Exactly. That takes time. DeRozan's been a... That, that doesn't have to shoot. DeRozan's been a student of the game for a hot minute, though, so... He's the best exactly. on that team. That's what we're like. If you're gonna trade anybody, like you could probably get more about like more trade back value from DeRozan, but I would keep DeMar. Yeah. The Levine. problem is now, and this is what's and this is what the thing is with me on this one. He just signed that top level expansion, uh that top level extension. Who's gonna mm-hmm. pay for that? I don't think the Shoot, I mean the Clippers paid for in us. theory, yes. Pay for James Harden. Oh uh, yeah, James Harden. Yeah, we talk about Levine here. <laughs> yeah, we talk about Levine. Levine yeah, ain't no Harden's. I, I will at least admit Harden's. But I will at least yeah, Harden's yeah. much better from a playmaking standpoint, especially at a shooter. Harden Oh yeah, Harden's much better. A, a much better player than I've given him credit for lately. But. And it comes to James Harden. Like James, James Harden still makes him laugh. James Harden just had like when people when you get expectations on people like before Russ was averaging triple doubles, the first time he did it, it was it's like wow. But when you make it an expectation when he went from the thirty point triple double to say when he was on the Wizards and got that twenty point triple double, it's like oh he fell off. No, he didn't fall off, even though he's getting eight less points. He's still averaging a triple double. He didn't fall off. He's still yeah. putting up a triple double. That's not a fall off. And whether whether he went from 30, 10, and 10 to 10, 10, and 10, yeah, you can say, okay, you can, okay, by definition, that's a fall off. 20 point different, that's a fall off. But you can't say he's playing bad because he didn't play to your expectations. People say, like LeBron, oh, it's LeBron James. I'm expecting him to get 30. Exactly. He's a human being. He could be having some, he could be sneezing that game. You know what I'm saying? Like he could be a little sick and just playing through it. You can't expect someone to go like Steph. You can't expect Steph to go out there and hit 10 threes. You just have to be appreciative that he can hit 10 threes. But if he doesn't go out there and hit it, it doesn't mean he played oh, yeah. like ass. It just means he had a bad game or like a bad night. Or maybe he, maybe he's perfectly fine. And maybe he just not, like he just got hit that night. But you can't expect people to go out there and perform because they're human beings. That's why I like when like, people talk about history, they'd be like, Oh, this person lost. Uh, they lost four three, and they lost the comeback. And why this and why? Because it's fucking life. Injuries happen. Like I keep telling people, only one team can win every year. Yeah. Only one. That doesn't make second place bad. 
that doesn't make you that doesn't make you shitty because you lost in the conference finals. You still made it to a top exactly. four position. Basketball the only sport where you get discredited for losing. That shit don't never I, I don't never understand that. How you how you get called garbage for, oh, for fact, getting second place? The There's people that didn't even make it to the playoffs. That happens in the NFL as well. I don't even want to get into it, man. But that's why I got respect for LeBron, bro. Because to go to the finals eight, nine, ten years in a row, like I'm looking at it, like De'Aaron Fox been in the league for what yeah. seven, eight years. He just went. To the, he was. He just went to the playoffs the first time in his Didn't career he also last just year. Just All Star in seven, eight years. LeBron went to the finals. Seven, eight Didn't years he just? Make- that's what I'm saying. Like just now making All Star. Just now making it into the playoffs, and he lost in the first round. He took. He, they took the Warriors to seven. They did great. I'm not, not discrediting that, but I'm saying for seven years to finally make it to the playoffs to be a top sixteen team, and you're talking about a guy that that took his team to the top two for a decade straight. Exactly. Yeah, that's greatness, bro. That's greatness. <laughs> that's greatness. If he wasn't first place, he was second for ten years in a row. That's hey, dumb. I, I will. Whether he lost, he could have lost every I'll year. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to sit here and just anything that these players do throughout. the career because obviously it takes some talent. Yes, it also takes teamwork. I, we got, but that's a conversation for, another, for that. That's another conversation. But the fact of the matter is when you're that consistent year in and year out no matter what's around you stands for something. That means something. Exactly. It does. Just, just like a lot of people just like, like James Harden on James and everything like that. People who say they're the greatest players, people want to say these players are players of all time. And then the conversation turns to Michael Jordan, and they want and and look at his solos. He start making the playoffs, uh, uh, making it past the front of the playoffs until the night when he finally got some help out of Pitt and Rodman and them. Um, and until he got help from them, he wasn't making it out of the first, but he was still. Consistently, one of the best players in the league, even starting from his rookie season, I believe. Well, too. Exactly, this man put up thirty in his mm-hmm. rookie season. Like. Anybody who and people want to discredit him because he doesn't have the most points in the NBA anymore. Not LeBron does, and the things he never had the most, um, or never had the most points in the NBA history. That oh, Kareem for like all the way up until this season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then a lot of people boom. Sure, say, well, a lot of these records will be broken because of the era to play, and just like a lot of people think Doc and Steele's record will not be broken. It's going to be bro- broken. Anytime soon? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. The records will, records will all be broken. No, definitely not. Bro. Not if, it's when. Always be broken, but definitely not for the next 20 years. Yeah, well, yeah. Then Steel's record be etched down in three for a while. You can also say and think about his assist record. And people don't give him enough love because, and he's still to this day from that 90s era that they were constantly going up against. And with Jordan Pippen and uh, with Jordan Pippen and uh, Rodman on the Babs team when he was with the Jazz with Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Yeah, he, he was in top of turnovers. At least, that's how yeah, he still holds the record, most assists in the NBA. 
history and steals in NBA history. And people won't give him enough. And then Malone had like points in general. Yeah, people definitely don't give Stalker enough credit and that all time point guard to be because he has no ring. Yeah, that's just the whole and that's actually a good talk too. Like we we're gonna bring out so much to talk about in, in, in this upcoming oh. year. It's insane. It's even more crazy to think that New Year's is just two <laughs> days. So maybe maybe in two days the Chicago Bulls can figure something out. Because so far, like you said, just this first half, Kobe White's been doing great. Um, definitely break oh, out season for him. He's gone up in like seven points. Um, put like five and six on rebounds. He, he needs to be in that generation for most improved player. Yes, I'll definitely. Especially, like you said, with the Bulls actually getting success out of Levine's absence, which, like I said, is reasonable because, like, like we've always been saying, you got to take one of them out of the equation, whether it was by trade or whatever. But obviously, he's sitting because he's hurt, so that's taking them out of the equation, and they've been yeah, doing better because of fun, it. Uh, weird thing, supposedly, some of the teams that have been looking at him and uh, have actually been to Lakers, which is weird considering how much money they're spending. Um. Yeah, the Lakers, other teams I've heard. I heard Portland is supposed to be in that conversation, but I don't know who Portland would have offered for that. Outside of eight, and I think they want to get rid of him. Though that would be a very intriguing, all things considered. I don't know what, what's uh, going to happen with that, man. He's got to go somewhere, bro. Toronto's apparently in that conversation. And supposedly, so is my. Uh, weird. Uh, they're like one of the few outside people to try to go after it. Then they run. He would run at the same problem. Well, it like, would. In, like we could trade for Miami. Well, my biggest thing is I don't. Want... Miami's been. I don't want Miami to mm-hmm. go after because Miami would run into the problem that Chicago has being the Gen High team because Bean is so focused on more in the three that him and. Butler be able to get along because they both primarily played the three. No, you can run the yeah, two. Yeah, either one of them you could, but, but where would Hero go? Jimmy at the three. Uh, He'd either start coming back. Rockets off the are bench, also apparently getting him. Or they throw him at point. Yeah, Rock also apparently looking at, at looking as well. Because you can you can throw Hero back on the bench. I don't know if he'd want to, considering how much he had to do to like go through to to get that starter role. But when it was Oladipo starting in Miami, Oladipo and Hero together, when they were starting on the bench, they were both putting up twenty. So for Levine, like I feel like Miami's been trying to find that piece where they can't, because you know Miami's offense is generated yeah, by but defense. Who Miami? So they've been trying to find a player. Yeah, but the question is, mm-hmm. who would Miami be willing to get rid? Of? It's outside of Butler's. You know they ain't going to get rid of Butler. Well, I mean, if, okay, then to go back to your original part, then you said, where would that move Hero? Then Hero might probably potentially going to be involved in that deal. So you don't have to worry about where he's going to be have to, like, in go get, the like, rotation. If he's gonna be wouldn't to have to worry about that with uh, Calgary. You'd slide Hero in two very easily with Kobe at the one. Exactly, and Harrow and Harrow has experience of playing PG. He kind of went through that that book that Booker cheat that came in as a strict two guard, but got time to to, to yeah, learn the one position. 
And I feel like that's what he could need because they've been same thing with like going for Dame. They've been looking for a guy that they can rely on to score like that while still playing high defense. Because they have the defense and they can get the offense, but they don't have a guy that can that they need to be like, hey, I just need you to give me thirty. And that's it. Levine is that that player that we was talking about earlier that just goes in to get you thirty points, but he's exactly. outside of it. So he'd be a perfect plug and play player. And, and that's something. That's why I didn't agree with Argo giving Levine that money. I, I didn't like that contract dealing with for Levine. Because aside from getting a bunch of points, what else really do? I feel like, I'm sorry. I feel like as we grow this podcast one day, these players are actually going to hear what we're saying about them. And they'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, Zach, bro. We're, we're Levine, but we're not. We're not on. We're not doggy, bro. We're not doggy, no, Zach Levine. We're not. I just think you deserve a little bit better. I feel like I feel like the Bulls deserve better. Exactly. That's why I better. don't. Uh, so if there's we go after Levine theoretically, it's gonna sound weird. I mean, yeah, I'm not coming at you, bro. I'm I'm just feeling like you could have been traded to the Phoenix Suns instead of Bradley Beal, and it would have been exactly. just the same. You guys would have gave the same productivity. Exactly. That's, that's all I'm trying to get to. And at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what the Bulls can do to, to, to win in their favor as well. But like, like we said, we, we got Kobe White. We touched up on Drummond a little bit. We already knew about it, Drummond, though. Like, like I said, I've been watching him for exactly. fantasy. So I know Drummond can give you 10 boards in 10 minutes, but it's the fact that they don't give him the freaking minutes. They don't give them the minutes. And with 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 my standpoint on them honing in on the DeRozan, on, on keeping DeRozan, DeMar and Drummond would be a, a dirty two-man oh, duo. Question. Playing without out of that mid-range. Get, give Drummond a slip. Yeah, and DeMar passing kind of goes recognized because he doesn't have high assist numbers, but he's also not afraid to get rid of the rock either. He's not afraid to take the hard shot, without question, but, but he knows when it's going to be when it's better to pass up the ball. He's the best playmaker they have out there right now, man. His time in San Antonio mm-hmm. shows. I'll say it like that. His time in San Antonio shows. Yeah. It shows for itself. But yeah, the, the, it baffles me with this. Chicago <clears throat> give me of what a Jack Lundheim is. Who they are with their big max tracked, max deal contract player and who they are with that. And they play best out him with him. Mm-hmm. You can't cut him outright because he's injured. Two, they'd have to eat that contract. And yeah, you're right. It's it's like it's like when you're when you're there to only score, you're a hindrance to the team because when you're on the floor, we have to run all these schemes and use up time on the clock. To run it through you, and if you're having a bad shooting night, then you're just. I like, really think the Bulls. Should... It's kind of like um, me, like when Kyrie was in Boston. When Kyrie is in Boston, you take up a lot of the ball, you take a lot of space on the ball, and if you're not putting up thirty a game, then what are you doing? Because you're not crazy on defense. You, if you're not, if you're shooting the ball, you're obviously not passing it, so you're not doing too well facilitating. Mm-hmm. That's why I was thought Kyrie was a two guard point. What are you doing? You just you just taking stuff away from everyone else. You just taking away play from everybody else. So with Levine off the floor, it's forcing you to go different routes, the routes that they should have been going. But now that he doesn't, all like those like those 
30 possessions that you would have for Levine in a single game are all getting spread out to where they need it to be. And I guarantee whenever Levine's back, it's going to shoot right back to it. Yep, it's going to go right back to it. It's the same like when if you watch the Christmas game, uh, Philly versus Miami. Um, Embiid was out and Jimmy Butler was out. Now, I didn't, I didn't watch too much from a from the Heat standpoint, but I do know how it turned out. You know, their rookie Jaime had like 30 and 10 and stuff like that. But Jimmy Butler is one of those players where he he's a star of the team, but he, like I said, when it comes to pacing and stuff, they, they kind of play at their own game. He'll come out and have five assists in the first quarter and then have 20 and a half. You know, he plays off of what he gets people going and he gets himself going. He uh, flips the switch back and forth. He's not like, I'm just going to come out here and get 30 points. And if I get my 30, I'm good. Kind of like when people would say, like, Melo. I'm sorry, um, that stat line that I had was living living in for me. (laughs) 61 points. I tried to sneak that one in there. Yeah, Melo was 60 points, but no board, no assists, no deals, no nothing else. Just 61 points. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) People. Uh, I hate when people talk bad about Melo. It strikes a nerve. <laughs> I'm not denying his talent. Well, he's talented, but um, I have to at least admit that that line was going to live and it is going to be infamous for the rest of his career. Yeah. Ain't no doubt about it. Especially in today's age. You know, kids troll for fun, so you never you never really know how it's going to Kids is on the good defense. It's better than he has. Before I do No, they were prime example. They would. They call. They call it a prime foul. example of what was. They, exactly. they call it a foul. And I was like, you, you, you done a foul. They'll say um, the best defender you know, ever had to win the switching <clears throat> play of the game is Wallace. Ooh. Yep, Ben Wallace. You can say what you want about that man. That man. Uh, that was uh, a lot of people. But here's the thing: you got to consider, even in like 2004 season when he won it all, Pistons. See, we're seeing full circle right now. Um, mm-hmm. um, he played for both the, the Bulls and the Pistons. He was clearly by Pistons, but he still had a career where he had more total blocks and than he had personal fouls. Nobody in history can say that. Right. And actually, mentioning that that actually makes it easier to explain what we're trying to get across when we're ta- um as we're talking about the Pistons and the Bulls with the whole taking the player out, mm-hmm. putting the player in type of thing. It's like like I was saying with the um, with the Philly and Miami game, they they didn't have a bead. A bead puts up thirty five a game, so. Now, when you're taking that away, you're taking away his foul drawing, you're taking away the attention he brings. So what kind of team are you without Embiid? What, what, what kind of team are you? What's your team identity when you don't have your star? What is your thing like? The Warriors, you know, they're trying to get open threes. Yeah. Whether if Steph is not there, it's still their game plan to get Yeah, well, threes. for the uh, – exactly. So with the Bulls right now, without having Levine, they're looking like a team right now without Levine. So they need to find out what this identity is 
and stick with it. Like I said, having Drummond out there, you know what Drummond yeah, is going to give you because you know Drummond is uh, inside is an yeah, inside he, player. Yeah, he's, he's going to give you a ten point fifteen. It's, it's something he's that gonna easily, that's, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll give you a ten point fifteen board. and he only needs to have to do that. Right, and that's consistent. That's solid. Everyone, everyone watching knows it's going to happen. The people that's on the court playing knows it's going to happen. But say for someone like Bujevic, very skilled, more skilled than Drummond. But with that, you don't know what he's going to give you. Is he going to shoot more threes this game? Is he going to play out the post? Is he going to pass out of the post? He's going to shoot out the post. You yeah. don't know what he's going to give you. And with all those different variables, you don't I have an identity. I say if you ship Vucevic over to the first, sit Patrick Williams. Nothing against him. The man can play. He's definitely to me. I'll say that much for a fact. Um, <laughs> um, sit Patrick Williams. Mucevic to the four slot and then starting minutes to five. I mean, you got Kobe. You got to play smarter, not harder. You, you like, like I said, you got to you got to play with some definition. Exactly. And, and it's, it's like I tell my my boys on two K. It's, it, it's exactly how I tell my my guys on two K. I, I tell them we win easy games because not everyone on the game is as skilled as us. You know, so there's going to be people that play this game like once a week, excuse me, once a week, or it might be someone that just got the game on Christmas. So we ever going to beat those lineups. But when we go against actual teams, we like the, obviously, um, in 2K, there's the five-out offense. We don't run a five-out. We kind of scramble around, and we get exposed every time we, get, we go against a team that even remotely knows what they're doing because we make it easy for them, and we don't have anything – Definitive or solid about our offense or our defense. Uh, we don't have uh, uh, a group of five players that have meta yeah, builds out there, so we kind of make do with what we have. Yeah, and see that, and, and, this, and that, that's going to help us. Dude, I've watched you play K on freaking Twitch, and that was a uh, boy. Yeah, I, I know where, I know where you're coming from on that. I that second freaking wreck with Randy. You have no identity and everything like that. That's why when you see me play as one of my bigs, whenever I play 2K, now mind you, I have this year's 2K. I'm still playing letters because I really don't care to pay for it right now, and I don't have the money. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, whenever I play, yeah, yeah whenever I play in line, I play my big, my Ben Wallace build at center. You're going to see me go around to paint a lot and gobble up boards and from. I'm going to gobble up boards like it's in. Because that's new. And you know exactly what you're there to do. You know exactly what you're I know what my job is. Gobble up boards, start the ball down for uh, a, a gas breaks going and play defense post. I know my identity. Right. And, and when you need this, when you're making a successful team, whether it's 2K or in real life, you gotta have people that know what their job is. You, you so me in on a two-three. Zone, I always. I guess. I guess that kind of hurts. Saying that out loud, that makes that makes it easier to understand um, where the Pistons might be facing right now. Because yes, we we're talking about a team that's kind of like like we said with the whole front court situation, figuring out um who's you know who's going to be the starter or who's going to get these minutes like that. But you, we also forgot to mention that this is a team full of. Well, rel- relatively full of young players. So not only do they have to figure out their role on in this team, they need to, they're trying to figure out their role in the league itself. 
you know, it kind of takes those first three, four, five years to figure out what, like, what is my stand in this yeah. league. So you got a player like Jaden Ivey, who did his second year, or Cade, who was hurt last year. So this is basically his second year. You kind of don't know where your where your foothold is in this league. So you kind of figure that out. Like last year, if Cade if Cade wasn't hurt and Jaden Ivey didn't get so much increased like production because of it, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to say that he's great at attacking the basket because I wouldn't know. And I'm sure probably maybe he wouldn't know if he didn't get the opportunity. So that's another thing too. And I guess it's easier for us to see it on the outside looking in watching all five of them play at the same time instead of them being like us being in the first person actually holding the ball looking for four other people and we're being one of the five guys so. being a fan who actually but then again that's what the film is for and that's what the coaching staff is for that's what the coaching staff is for though that's what film is for so at the same time i, I kind of can't i kind of can't just give them an excuse off of that because they can see the game just how i see it no and they understand it at a deeper level than I do, but I guess all yeah, well, I guess do. Uh, I call it the beauty of understanding what they're talking about, as opposed to just being speculative. Um, mm-hmm. That's where a lot of podcasters really kind of get that. It makes us that a lot of the stuff that they talk about is mostly speculative. Mind you, what we're talking about is speculative, but we have more of an understanding. It's an educated speculation. Uh, we're, we're kind of taking our um, uh, details and information off of what we kind of know about, like you said, speculating and deriving our own thoughts and opinions about it and sharing mm-hmm. it to everyone else. With speaking of, I'm going to have to call yeah. it. Yeah, so, so we got so, our last um, topic then, so, real quick. Those waffles. Which means we got to quickly get to our last topic, which is the trade situation, mm-hmm. which is something we were touching on with not only the the piston, the, uh, the Talk and the uh, Bulls talk us, but other trade speculators around the league and general, like the Lakers eyeing K. Murray of the Kings. Um, I say he would fit pretty well, most part, but he would still be nervousing as a bench role opposed to a starter because of his position. The DeJounte? Uh, DeJounte Murray, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's being targeted by a lot of teams. Um, okay, as far as as far as the Lakers go, because I think the the uh, biggest three players for them is like you said, DeJounte. I did see that recently, and then of course it's Levine and DeRozan. But since we just spoke on them, I won't talk about them too much. DeJounte going there, um, biggest biggest contrib- contribution. He's uh, easy twenty point per game score. Um. I'd say he's just as good as a facilitator as D'Lo is, especially since D'Lo has been yeah. streaky. But the thing with DeJounte is uh, DeJounte is more inside heavy. So, like, one of those players that drive first before they shoot. And D'Lo, to me, is a shoot-first guy, which makes it harder because, you know, the further you go away from the basket, the less efficient your your shot percentage is. Oh, so when you're focused outside in, yeah, it's goes. Yeah, I said no. I said without, not without question. Oh yeah, without, okay. And Dijon say defensively, that was that's the biggest impact. He's going to give to to their perimeter defense. Oh. And in that regard, he can start. He he plays the one. He's just not the two because he has yeah, trade there. And, I can, and, he, and you know what? Heart. The Hawks, the Sun. Uh, it's like the 
Hawk play those two together pretty well. They're one of the very, very examples of a two-point guard system that actually work in the NBA. Right, um, exactly. They, the Hawks don't get talked about because, you know, team success. But, yeah, like you said, if you had a, a if you want to talk about one-two punches in the backcourt, that's actually slick, like, like potential was like that's like one of the most dangerous ones there you got trey putting up 30 and 10 for you on offense and then the john take can still give you the offense of output while picking up for trade but to add that with lebron and ad and the rest of what they got yeah and that defense is really no, no question um and here's a, that goes that goes without saying um and dejounte Murray's game honestly and this is going to have a comparison on this one. Uh, and, and it's very parable, in my opinion. I want to hear me on this one. Uh, you remember when the Celtics won the championship in 2008 with uh, Rondo? DeJounte Murray, yeah. his game reminds me of that version of Rajon Rondo. How so? Being able to put a like, two way. Uh, and in regards to. Being able to be great on defense and being able to be great at playmaker, while still being able to put his share of points. While Rondo typically only like maybe okay. like 10, 12 points per game, and that's needed to do because he also had Kevin Garnett and Gallen and Paul Pierce. Yeah, so, so and those are and all three of those were bona fide scores able. Um, but he played X defense for the one could get rounds better than most because he not only the Dejounte Murray technically three inches of height, but, but they're lanky, long. Um, they got wings. Man, right. exactly. So he Dejounte Murray three is a walking triple double any given game. Dejounte reminds me, as far as um, I won't say play style or anything, but as far as like what they mean to a team, like at, at least for as far as like um, as far as like the immediate impact, I feel like he can give to the Lakers since we were talking about Lakers trade. Um, dang, how did it slip my mind that fast? I just brought it up and I just forgot it that fast. Dejounte reminds me of uh, what's his Fisher, and even though I think Dejounte is going to be first, um. But since this team has had more success, I guess we could compare it. Um, kind of like Derek White or how Marcus Smart oh, yeah. in Boston. I like that as well. I feel like that's the impact. I like comparison. It's uh, how did how did uh, D'Lo say Derek White was? He he's the he makes the right he makes the right the right decisions. Man, he's that per- like you said, plug in player that give you mm-hmm. what you need. This, this if you need twenty this game, they got you. If you need, Five steals this game, they got you. If you need them to get ten assists this game, they got you. It's kind of like Russ in that in that regard too. Is he's not excelling one place, he's gonna get you something though. He's not gonna be out there and be like Tony Snell and give you zeros across the board. Yeah, he might be shooting one for ten this game, but you best believe he's gonna have twelve boards and like eight assists exactly. with it. Though. He's not gonna be. He's not just gonna give you bullshit for the game. He's gonna give you something to go off of. Like, if you say DeJounte Murray had a bad game, 
you should always be able to say, well, he did this. You can't just say he shot 0 for 7 and had one rebound and that was it in 29 minutes. Exactly. Or like <laughs> how Dennis Schroeder was um, a couple years back or uh, not too long ago when he was on the Lakers. Like, mm-hmm. you're not pulling that. DeJounte's not going to do that to you. And if they only have, if they don't have to give up much form, like if they can still keep Reeves, Torian Prince, Van Doe, and everybody else, like I said, yeah. With those players, he can definitely get something Who out would of the Lakers have? Uh, who would the Lakers, Lakers have to get rid of for DeJounte Murray? That's a question. That's a question for another time. Um, let's see. Everyone's speculating D'Lo. Everyone's speculating D'Lo. Obviously, it'd have to be a little bit more for it, but it looks like D'Lo's the front runner to get out of to, to get out of there. At least that's two players. Two players are coming to my mind that are probably going to be traded this season. Um, and I could very well be wrong about this because one of them is a center play, a uh, centerpiece of this team because they're both from the same team. I should point this out there. Uh, Toronto's Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. I could see. You think Scotty's on? The I don't think he's on the block? block per se in theory, but if the deal's right, you know Toronto's going to listen. Okay, that's that's not that's that's something I can't put past me. I can't just I can't just act like yeah. that's not true. I was gonna say I was gonna say Scotty on the block. He's oh, no question. The best but, uh, depending on what how Toronto wants to attack like, the future, this year, depending on how Toronto wants to attack uh, everything after this season, it wouldn't surprise me if the if the deal was right, they would have no problem dealing him out because the same thing with Siakam, and, and the biggest reason why I say them is because of the fact that Toronto is more rebuilding than they are being competitive. I'm not saying that they're bad, they're doing bad because they're doing okay. They're doing pretty okay. I'm not going to lie about that. But this is a first year under this current head Yeah, this is their first year underneath this current head coach. Um, They're 3-7 and seven over the last 10. As a matter of fact, they're 12th in the Eastern Conference right now. So yeah, this is definitely a rebuilding. They're not doing terrible per se, but they're they're definitely rebuilding. Yeah, and Ananobi, I also heard. Uh, I've heard Ananobi, I also heard that people are looking at him too. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I've heard more talks of the of the of OG and Siakam getting packaged out of there. Scotty, I haven't heard. But uh, to dive into that, I feel like even if you just leave OG alone, just to get rid of Siakam and put the ball, even though Scotty has gotten way more touches than he has from last season, and like I said, he's been easily the best player on the team this season. I feel like just getting the ball in his hands just a little bit more. You can get, you can still pack a Siakam while he still has his value, and if you want to put OG in there because he plays amazing defense, then you can get him in there too. But just getting Siakam out of there, maybe if Siakam was like twenty five, still it'd be perfect because him and him and Barnes being like six eight six nine wings that can kind of do it all, kind of like I feel like like Paul George, but Paul George is obviously more shifty and a little quicker. But they kind of give that they kind of give like a, a um a watered down version of Paul George Kawhi oh, type of thing. As far as there are, Chua might so. also be. On his way out too, because he just lost his because uh, apparently he lost his rotation spot. 
So they might shop him out too. Yeah, he did. Toronto is one of those teams where they is they're they're all around. Like I said, if if you want to call them a watered down version of like Brown and Tatum or or the first one, the first example that I gave you, you could. But they're one of those teams where they really they're rounded out. Like I said, when when you have a, a forward heavy team, because if you think about it, their their core is like OG, Barnes, and Siakam. Those are three players that are like within that six seven to six nine range. They can all handle the ball. They can all shoot. They can all play outstanding defense. Oh, speaking of teams, mon- they they kind of they kind oh, of speaking of teams bro. monitoring Levine and Ananobi. Uh, just throwing that out there. Apparently, Sixers uh, eyeing both of them. Yep, Levine and Ananobi. I think OG would be a good addition to him. I would have liked Levine to go there. Now that Maxi is finally getting his his light, I would have liked Levine. No, Maxi is definitely more of a score first guard. They need somebody who can swing the rock. So I would say Ananobi would fit better with them than Levine would. Yeah, just give him the extra defense. Plus, like, plus the way that Philly team is set up, they already they have so many good wings already. Like. People sleep on these type of weeks, but I, I like the addition of um, Covington and Batum, and then they already had Tobias and Kelly Oubre. Like the, that, those four wings right there—that's perfect. Got perfect length, uh, great defense. Like I said, do a little bit of everything three and D, and you can plug and play as you need to. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to say the least. What were we talking about? Uh, Raptors, though. Yeah, they they can get some. I don't know exactly like who should try to trade for them or what they should trade for. Draft picks, draft capital. If they do trade Yakum and get the ball, uh, rotation play. Right. Yeah, it was like rotation yeah. players at the end of their contracts and uh, draft capital. Mm-hmm. I I get Yakum out of there and just put the ball in Scotty's hands more. Like I said, this this year is that year where um, now that Van Fleet is gone, he's made it his team. And if both of them are gone, if OG and Siakam are gone next year, and they just went full like full on rebuild, like I can easily see Scotty taking another leap yeah. forward again next year. Yeah, and it's true. And he honestly, he's, he's looking like one of those perennial. Yeah, Barnes looking like right one now. of those draft picks for Toronto to actually look like they're going to work. And you can't say that much about Toronto's draft picks. They, you yep, can say right. that about their undrafted free agent, uh, undrafted free agents like Van Vleek. He worked out very well for them. People can say yeah. what they want. Oh, Van Vleek was drafted. No, he wasn't. Right. He went undrafted. It's like I feel like Scotty is giving them what the Knicks wanted yeah. RJ to give them. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't know how these things just randomly pop up in our mid conversation. I feel like this Yeah, that's that's kind of perfect. That is kind of perfect. Yeah, they kind of wanted him to slowly fit in. They they wanted to put him around like a couple of vets so he can learn the game a little bit. But slowly but surely, he came into the the number one guy that can be number one on offense and defense for them. Kind of like how like Giannis fits into his team. You know, he played. They played the offense through him, but his defense is just as important. It goes with. That's how Scotty is right now. That's doing true. everything. That's true. Doing everything. Um, 
and that's why that's why I hate that Toronto's like team is like this because with their with that core three of OG Barnes and, and Diakum, like like me, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking about it from a two K stance. Like there was a time I was in my league and we had like a my player league where you got yeah. to like, add your own creative player. So I added like a the typical like two way like I I basically added like another Jimmy Butler to the team like as my my player, but it was Jimmy at the two, um, Kawhi at the three, and me at the four. Now my point guard in the center worked that great, but since I have three wings out there that can play perimeter and paint defense, that can handle the ball and do all these things, you kind of unstoppable. Like like how I felt when with the whole Paul George and Kawhi thing. Now they added one more wing. Like if they added OG to that team, it would be OG Paul George and Kawhi. You think there's? Oh yeah, plus they also don't, they they got good center too. People will sleep on. Um, people will sleep on their center all they freaking want. I know his name. I don't know why it's not popping in my head. No, um, the, no, the Clippers. Clippers. Zubats, yeah. People will sleep on Zubats all they want and everything like that. He's, if there's one thing he is more than anything else that's consistent, you know what he's giving you. Yeah, I feel the same thing yeah. with Portal. With Zubat, Portal, and um, over in Phoenix. Yeah, you know what they're giving you. Um, yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah, so you know what they're gonna give you. You know what their game is. Uh, and the same thing, they it's they don't have a slouch. Clippers don't have a slouch of point either. So I mean, probably adding an OG Ananobi would probably send. I I'd say would probably send and the Clippers over the top and be more. I don't want to say championship contender, but. Yet, because we wouldn't want to see how they fit first, obviously. But they would send them up there at yeah. They would send them as conference contenders easily on paper. The way they're playing right now, they definitely they make it out the gate. Everyone can stay healthy. They make it out the gate. Yeah, that's the biggest problem is that they can't keep their freaking players on the floor to save their lives. So. Is there any, uh, any other team you was looking at though? I think the I think the Celtics, yeah, Celtics are, are fine. fine. I think the Nuggets are Nuggets fine. might want to add a little bit of depth at point at, uh guard, particularly wing. Okay. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be like a Barnes or anything like that. Uh, honestly, if the if the Nuggets look at anybody, they should probably look at uh, probably Cole out of the Magic, be a serviceable backup to. Be, uh, be, yeah, 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 yeah that would be, be a fantastic game. backup to a uh, um. God, I don't know why I can't think of his name on Nuggets. Yeah, that would be a fantastic backup to Murray. Who'd they give up though? Probably a draft pick and uh, death. Uh, somebody off the uh, I don't want to say uh, like off the deep end of the bench. So probably. Yeah, mm. that would be that would have worked in the Magic favor though, considering the way like Anthony Black hasn't really grown into his. The Magic yet. still has a lot of development to do, but honestly, doing it through the draft would probably be the best thing for him. You know, they've been playing like man because that's like, like I said, I keep I mentioned this in the last like two little things we talk about a team that is led yeah, by their forwards. They're led by their forwards, but they well looking so at. Heavy. Now, mind you, I'm just looking at the roster here. Cole Anthony would be fantastic. Anthony Black is doing okay. Markel, 
Yeah, they got a lot of guards over there. As a coach, like they've been giving Anthony Black to like again. I know this because of fantasy. They've been giving Anthony Black to start for the pretty much the whole season. They're having Cole come off the bench, even though Cole has been Jalen Suggs producer. would also might be another good option too. Sure, yeah, Jalen Suggs. Like I said, it, it probably would be a good trade. It's just not reasonable to do it with Fultz being out. So they they need they they need Cole Anthony. They can't just leave it to that Anthony Black by itself. They need Cole Anthony. Uh, Markel Fultz can continue to remember how to play ball. And they got Window Carter hurt. I think he had a decent start to the season. He had uh, a good. La- he had a good yeah, good season last year. Yeah, he's been he's just been hurt this season a lot by the looks of things. Uh, he says he's progressing slowly. He's yeah, been hurt yeah. since like mid uh, mid November. Yep. Fantasy. Of course, it's something that happened, and my team started snapping. Well, so I think I think that pretty much like trade wise, I don't really see any other teams I would want to make with, like any moves. At least nothing that would do something serious for a team like like every team that's contending. I feel yeah. like they're good where they are. I feel like any team that's on the verge of contending, they might as well just finish out how I they're agree starting. with that. And because get someone, you got to give up somebody, and there's there's, there's just no reason. Like the Celtics, they're fine. Like there's nothing. There's no one they should. Try to get exactly for free, you know. There's <laughs> no one they should give up to try to get anybody. They survive, they just might as well just keep doing what they're doing and just keep working around with what oh, they're, with they're doing. It's just going to be very interesting to see how this all happens and everything like that because, <clears throat> pardon me, um, because we still got till mid February, till just before the all star break to finalize everything. Uh, with the trade market and everything like that. So we yeah. still got a lot of time to speculate. We got all of January because you, you already know most of the trades don't happen until mid-late January into up until the trade deadline anyway. Yeah, right That's before so- the All-Star break, someone's going to magically mm-hmm. make a request. And it might be looking cool. Oh, yeah. Um, before, you, before we head out on that, you've seen the thing about KD. When people are saying on KD what, should get out of, of there. Phoenix? Oh, yeah. Sh- no, I can't. Is even I haven't to get seen anything days? about that yet. Let me look, because that's, that's... I think, like, something small. I don't think they said he should get <sighs> traded out of there, but I, I think um, people saying that, like, he doesn't deserve it. He needs to get out of Phoenix. He doesn't deserve this treatment. Order for, because, you know, team success. And then people look... People are combating against it, saying, "Well, they should have shouldn't have traded Chris Paul because they have no PG." And Beal is <laughs> and then other people are saying, "Well, Brooklyn is a PG. Brooklyn can run." Oh, that's... Like, yeah, he can, but that takes away from what else he wants to do. What needs to do. Oh, that's the big thing about that too. Is uh... that's the big thing too? Is that the Suns are so loaded with scores if they could stay healthy. Um, and and that's the biggest thing. They don't really have a facilitator, per se. Does that make sense? Yeah, they traded their yes. PG away. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. They traded they traded their facilitator mm-hmm. for more points. And, and that's the thing too is, 
it makes no fucking sense to me. It's like, how do you have all these prolific scores and you have nobody to facilitate the ball to? You basically have all defenses focusing on those three players, and yet they can do nothing with Nurkic and Rubio, I believe, is their current starting point guard. No, not Emmanuel Mourier, uh, Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rubio? Mm, no, he's. I think he's with the Suns. I'm tweaking. I mean, look, I actually got the Suns stuff pulled up. Let me look at the roster. Sure, and this, this will be the last part. I get it. No, he's. This, these are these. Walters no, he's not. Huh. I thought he was. Huh? I was wrong. Right, I thought it was. Over I was there wrong. So yeah, no, he he's probably still over there in Cleveland, but they might look to it. trade for him. The uh, Suns might look to trade for him, which is interesting. That that actually might be something to look into because because when I saw about Ricky Rubin, that's why I thought he was over there in Cleveland, or think he is over there in Cleveland. Because I thought it was about like a buyout, um, like Cleveland looking to to get. Honestly, a buyout they'd for be him. better off trading him and get some kind of capital back for him. Yeah, most definitely. Even if they, even if, yeah, even actually, if they yeah, only they have to eat half of his contract, even if they have to eat half of his contract, which would still yeah. turn around and be a better deal. All things. Actually, like come to think of it, and I hate that we that we're pressed on this, and we should definitely remember this for the next time we come mm-hmm. to talk about trade within the next month or two. Mm-hmm. What happens? Cleveland, because that that were there was a team that we could have talked about the whole oh, Donovan dude. Mitchell trade thing. And I hate them. And I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we forgot to talk about Donovan Mitchell being, being oh, dude, the Cavs. We'll talk about that. Uh, we, we'll talk about that next time we get together, which could be next weekend. Yeah, yeah. It can be like I said, man. Like I said in the, in the chat, this year is going to be different. It's not going to be me trying to hit you up a week in advance and be like, "Hey, you could fit this Saturday." And that be it. Because if it doesn't happen, then we're exactly. going to have to show for it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's uh. So. Yeah, with me and you, no. let's plan. Let's let's plan out ahead right now for next Saturday. I just don't. We'll figure out the time when we get closer to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <sighs> we'll, we'll we'll be in chats and stuff. As long as I check this part. But um, I'm actually <laughs> about to run. Yeah, you're good. Just uh, Discord, follow me, it don't matter. I get to it when I get to it. Like I said, I'm not the most consistent person either. I'm just trying to get to the point where I am. Yeah, I feel you on that one. So it's just all a work in progress, man. It's all a work in progress here at the Oh, it is. Hey, we can't say we can't grow if we ain't got room to work. You ain't lying. Speaking of works in progress, again, to all those out there listening, to all those lovely faces listening out here to us today on this lovely Saturday, we do have a Discord open. There will be a link in the description. We are now open on open the listening and availability on Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and there's one more which should definitely be in the LinkedIn that can be found on our Twitter on my personal page and the Player Chatter Podcast Twitter account. Um, if you have any feedback or suggestions following topics you'd like to listen to or just anything you want to discuss, we do have a discussion forum here in the Discord too. So join on in and we're here every day. Whether we're talking or not, we're going to be around. Um, it's not just basketball. It's going to be all yep. different types of stuff. 
I'm trying to get into the football game a little bit. I should have watched that Cowboys. That is tonight, isn't it? Yep, exactly. I wanted to watch that that Dolphins. That Dolphins um, no, the Dolphins Cowboys was on. And a Christmas Eve. Cowboys Lions is tonight. Juicy, that might be something to look into. Yeah. But stuff like that. So we're gonna get into it. Uh, I do appreciate you guys following through for us on uh, this inaugural first year, twenty twenty three. I think we started back in February. I think I started it with you for. Uh, I almost called you first. <laughs> with you scored. I think I started it back in back in that February. Was in the first a couple episodes. So to, uh, we're what like yeah. ten now. I think this is episode like fifteen. And it's, it's looking great to this cheers for another year. We're gonna be with you guys a lot more this time around. We should definitely expect more than fifteen episodes oh, yeah. this year. Uh, let's let's aim to double that at least. <laughs> yeah, at least, uh, at least. So yeah, let's let's yeah, let's plan for next close. Saturday. Uh, we'll just figure out a time. Um, yeah, we'll get to it, man. Any any Anytime's good. And again, for the listeners, too, if you guys want to chime in anytime, you can holler at us and we'll get you in here. Exactly. Um, and when it comes down to football, you best believe I'm going to help him out here. Okay, guys? Because if there's a guy that knows something <laughs> about football, it's somebody who knows how to play the game. <laughs> we'll get into oh, yeah. it, man. We'll get um, into it. But for now, it's peace. Next time, I'm about to go dump these waffles. This has been the Players Hunter Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>